I always hate to assume, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that most of the people that are in here today have heard of David and Goliath. Now, David and Goliath is one of the most famous narratives that happens in the Old Testament. And even if you don't go to church on a regular basis, chances are you're familiar with the phrase David and Goliath, right? Uh, David was a young shepherd boy whose brothers were fighting in a war, and David went to go visit them one day. And as David is there visiting the, the war site, there is a man named Goliath who is fighting for the enemy of God, and he is down in this valley, and he's just mocking God and the Israelite army every day. And so David says, what's up with that? Why hasn't anyone stopped this guy who's speaking out against God? And his brothers say, well, because look at him, he's nine feet tall. And David says, well, I can take him on. And so... Uh, David goes down, and if you're familiar with the story, you know that with uh, not weaponry that we would think of, but with a sling or a slingshot type of mechanism and some stones, David takes down Goliath. Now that phrase, David and Goliath, has come to be a part of our everyday culture. If you're watching March Madness and, uh, and you're a big NCAA basketball fan and you got a, uh, a low seed team, like a 16 seed, and they're taking on a number one seed, a powerhouse, then they're going to say, today we have a David versus Goliath matchup. And so we, we tend to view things through this kind of like this lens where David is the hero and it's this lesser matched person versus this giant. And I'm here today to tell you that as we kind of get into our message in a second, that, uh, that that's not necessarily true when we read that narrative, It isn't that David was undermatched. It might seem that way from the surface, but when David tells King Saul why he believes that he can take on this giant, David recalls a time earlier in his life when God was faithful and got him through a sticky situation. When David would be tending his sheep and there would be lions or bears that would come and attack him, David says, God got me through it. And God who got me through that is going to get me through this. Look at what he says in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 37. He says, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion... And the Paul the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. See, David believed something. David believed that God is faithful. And that David believed that if he was fighting on the side of the Lord, that he could not be defeated. So it was not David versus Goliath. It was the Lord versus Goliath. And when you view it that way, the table gets turned and Goliath becomes the underdog. 
You see, uh, I want to welcome you today. My name is Kevin, and I am the campus pastor here at our Coleraine campus. want to thank you so much for being here. Uh, if you're watching online, want to say uh, good morning and welcome. I cannot believe that we are in week seven of this series we're calling Growing Up, where we are walking through the fruit of the Spirit as described in Galatians chapter 5. The Holy Spirit, one of the things we've been talking about through this whole series, the Holy Spirit is developing or producing in us this fruit, right? And just a reminder of what we're talking about here, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what we're talking about. And as we've been talking about this for the last seven weeks now, and saying how fast summer is going, we've been talking about how that it is the Holy Spirit doing a work in us. It is the Holy Spirit that is producing in us this fruit. And the way that the Holy Spirit does that, the way that the Holy Spirit produces this in us, Paul says, the author of Galatians, is that when we are led by the Spirit, when we keep in step with the Spirit, when we are following God, when we are following the Holy Spirit's leading, when we are being faithful to God. So our big idea today that we want to talk about is this, be faithful to God because he is faithful to you. That's what David was saying. He says, I'm going to be faithful to God because when I look back at my past, I see that God was faithful to me. And what I believe that God did before, he can do again. I mean, that's what gave David the confidence to believe that he could go up against a giant. Faithfulness is defined often as loyalty or devotion or consistency. You know, it's this strong feeling of support. We're giving away these stickers uh, that have these um, different depictions of our fruit of the Spirit. And so today's sticker that you're going to get is going to have a dog on it. And when I think about faithfulness, one of the things that comes to mind is a good companion dog. I don't know if uh, we got any dog people here, uh, but I've never been one of those guys that like has the pickup truck and I open the door and like my dog comes running in and jumps in the seat. Anybody that guy that like your dog rides with you to the store or anything like that? I've just always thought that that looks super cool, but I've never been able to have a dog that could do that. My dog, uh, if I put it in the car, it goes underneath the floorboard in my feet and tries to hit like all the, the gas pedals, and so I almost wreck. And that's just trying to get him to the vet. So um, it's, uh, it doesn't work out like it does in the movies. But you know, in, the, in, in, this, uh, in this depiction, you've got this faithful companion, right? It's always by this guy's side, and so whether he's working out in the field or whether he's going to the hardware store or whatever he's doing, right, this dog is right there with him. His dog is faithful. Maybe you've got a faithful friend. You know what I mean? Uh, sometimes we'll say we've got like a, a ride or die 
friendship. This, uh, this idea that they're going to stick with you through thick and thin. Maybe your marriage is one that is built on this idea of faithfulness. That you are committed to it. That you're all in. And that's these relationships that we're talking about. When we're talking about maybe your brother or your sister, a sibling... Maybe we're talking about your best friend. Maybe we're talking about your marriage. We're talking about this idea of loyalty, of devotion, of consistency. And so when we, we know faithfulness when we see it. We know faithfulness when we experience that idea that somebody's always got your back. Somebody's always going to be there for you. And no matter what happens, no matter what you do, you can always count on them. God, for us, is faithful. He is always there for us. And no matter what we do, and no matter what mistakes we make, and no matter um, what our failures are, we have to be reminded that God is faithful. Our big idea today, be faithful to God because he is faithful to you. And so we're going to look at a passage of scripture. It might seem like a kind of odd passage to look at for faithfulness, but uh, it, it is found in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And so this is Paul, the author Right? He's a missionary in the New Testament. He plants churches and he writes a, a large portion of the New Testament. And Paul would uh, travel around to these churches and plant these churches. But Paul was also somebody who gathered people to himself. He would build teams because he knew that he could not do this work alone. And so somebody that he just drew to himself was this young man named Timothy. And so when we refer to Timothy, when we're talking about Paul, a lot of times we'll say that Timothy is Paul's protege. He's a much younger version of Paul, and he comes alongside Paul, and Paul is mentoring him on ministry. And so there's a large part of time when Timothy is traveling with Paul. But when Paul is writing this letter to Timothy, he has left Timothy at a church where Timothy is now pastoring himself. And so Paul writes Timothy a couple letters, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, to encourage him in the ministry that he is doing. And so we want to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through seven, and we want to see this message that Paul has for his protege, Timothy. He says this, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, 
I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. A few things that we can see from Paul's letter that help us to see what faithfulness looks like. Thing is, we need to be faithful and encouraging others. At the beginning of this passage, Paul's telling Timothy a few things, and one of the things that he points out is that uh, Timothy's faith reminds him of the legacy Timothy has. He says, I first saw your faith lived out in your grandmother and then in your mother. And now he says, I'm convinced it's being lived out in you. Paul says, you have a rich history. And so he's encouraging Timothy with the legacy that Timothy's life has. And so as we take a look at this note that Paul has for Timothy. There's some things that I want to point out that are going to help us in encouraging one another and helping our brothers and sisters, helping our friends, helping our spouses continue to remain faithful in the Lord. And the first is this, it's gratitude. Paul shows his gratitude to God for Timothy. You ever thank God for another person? You ever just stopped and paused and thanked God for someone? And even deeper, have you ever spoken to someone that you are thankful to God for them, right? Not only does Paul thank God for Timothy, but he tells Timothy that he is thankful to God for him. It always is helpful for us to lift others up and tell them how thankful we are for them in our lives. Second thing is, is that Timothy is in prayer, or Paul is in prayer about Timothy. He says, I am constantly praying for you. He says, I thank my God every time I think about you. Third thing is, is that he has empathy. Paul says to Timothy, I recall your tears. One of the things that makes us a faithful friend, one of the things that's going to put us in that list of of relationships that are built on this idea of faithfulness is when we hurt when other people hurt, when our heart breaks, when other people are going through things. And Paul here says, I recall your pain. I remember your tears. And lastly, in this short letter, in this short note that Paul has to him, is fellowship. He says, I long to see you and to be filled with joy. To allow someone to know that you just simply want to be with them, to be around them, to be in their presence. And so 
Paul is encouraging Timothy to remain faithful to God, and in the way that he fuels Timothy is through these different steps, gratitude and prayer and empathy and fellowship. He says, remain faithful to God through these things because he says, I I want you to uh, be successful in your ministry. I want you to remain faithful to God. And the way that he encourages him is through these things. I love how Paul says to Timothy that he has a sincere faith, a real faith, not not a pretend faith. And so as we kind of look through this, one of the things that Paul's talking about is this idea of salvation, that, that we can be secure in our salvation. So one of the points we're going to make today is this, when you doubt your salvation, remember God's faithfulness. If you're here watching with us online or you're here in person, there's, there's times for each and every one of us when something happens in our life and we doubt or we can doubt our salvation. We can doubt that, uh, that God's able to forgive us. We can doubt that uh, God would still accept us because of something that we've done. And we have to remember that God is faithful. God wants us to know that we are saved. The Bible doesn't tell us that we can have this, uh, this doubt of our eternal life. No, it tells us about a hope that we have in our eternal life. The Bible wants us to know that we have access to heaven through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because God is faithful. Maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching online, and you haven't made that choice yet. You've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And here's one of the things we want you to know each and every Sunday is that there is power in Jesus, power to save. And if you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we would love to talk to you more about that. We just watched the video of Chloe making that decision on her high school trip but we would love to be able to talk to you more about what following Jesus looks like, about what that faith journey is all about. And so we we run into these things. John 10, 28 says this, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. That is a confidence that we can have in our relationship with God. Jesus says, no one will snatch these souls out of my hand. It's something that we can count on. It's something that's dependable. That's what faithfulness is all about. Next, we want you to see that when you are tempted to sin... Remember God's faithfulness. When I was a kid growing up going to church camp, this was one of the verses that, uh, that I was given to memorize. It's 
found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And this is Paul talking again. And this is what uh, Paul gives instructions to the church in Corinth about how to battle temptation. He says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. He says, you're not facing anything that anybody else is in faith. And he says, he says, your temptation is the same as everybody else's. He says, it's not something unique. It's not something new. He says, everybody goes through this kind of temptation. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, he says. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. He says, God's not going to give you more than what you can handle. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. I love what Paul says there. He says, you're not going through anything unique. You're you're dealing with life. You're dealing with the world just like everybody else is. He says, but don't lose sight of this. Remember this. He says, God is faithful. And he's not going to put you in a situation that's too big for you. But he will provide a way out. There's always a way out of the temptation that we're facing. God is faithful. We have a promise. Sometimes it could be just be a reminder. For, for me as a kid at camp, when I was reading that verse, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it was just a reminder. It was a tool that my leaders would say, hey, just memorizing this piece of scripture when you're facing temptation, just say this back to the enemy. Just be able to say, hey, look, God is faithful. He will not allow me to be tempted more than I can handle. He said, just that simple trick right there, just that simple tool might be enough to be able to get me out of whatever situation that I'm in can be prayer, it can be scripture, it can be a reminder that God is with us and that God is faithful. But when you are tempted to sin, remember God's faithfulness. When you've made a mess of your life, remember God's faithfulness. You know, I think we've all made mistakes. I think we've all made a mess of something at some point in time or another. And what do you do? What do you do when you made a mistake? What do you do when you uh, find yourself in in the midst of a mess? You give up. You say, God's done with me. You walk away. You push God away. God's love endures. God's faithfulness endures, sometimes even when we don't. One of the things I love about our God is that he pursues us, even when we don't deserve it, even when we've made mistakes. And there is hope for us. First John chapter 1, verse 9 says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What does John say there? 
He is faithful and just. And if we come to him with sincere hearts, seeking forgiveness, it says that God is going to grant us that forgiveness. He is faithful. He can be trusted. When you feel unequal to your tasks, remember God's faithfulness. You know, it'd been real easy for David to feel unequal to his task. Be real easy for David to look out and see the giant that stood before him and feel unequal to his task. But David knew something. David was reminded of something. That God is faithful. And that what God has done before, God can do again. Be faithful to God because he is faithful to you. God knows our abilities. He knows our capacities. And God comes in and is faithful even when it seems like that we can't be. God fills in the gap in our darkest moments, in our times of doubt, in our times of struggle, when we feel like that we don't belong, when we feel like that we're unworthy, when we feel like that we can never take another step, God comes in and God is faithful even when we can't be. Here's the thing about these gifts of the Holy Spirit that we're talking about. Here's the things about the fruit of the Spirit. It is never something that I'm going to earn on my own. It's never something that I can do by myself. It is God producing it in me. God is faithful. God represents faithfulness. And the Holy Spirit begins to produce this faithfulness in me. When? When I lay down and surrender my life and say, I can't do this on my own, God. I can't achieve this on my own, God. It's only through you. Be faithful to God because he is faithful to you. In 1923, there was a hymn that was penned about the faithfulness of of God. Aptly titled, Great is Thy Faithfulness. I want to read the words for you today. It says, Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I'm not faithful on my own. I don't demonstrate faithfulness because of my own strength or my own power. I am only able to be faithful because first and foremost, God was faithful to me. 
It's part of God's identity. God is faithfulness. And the Holy Spirit produces this fruit in us and people can see it from the outside only because God is doing something in us. And so if you want to be a faithful friend, you want to be a faithful sibling, you want to be a faithful spouse, you want to be a faithful Christ follower, It comes through the power of the Holy Spirit and God doing something miraculous in you that it's not in your own nature. And so today, the challenge is for us to be faithful. And the only way for us to do that is to recognize that first and foremost, that God is faithful to us. I'll ask you to stand up in just a moment. We're gonna sing this beautiful song that talks about the faithfulness of God, but I wanna pray for you that this week we may recognize the faithfulness of the loving God that we serve. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus. We thank you so much, God, that you were faithful to us, even in the midst of our sin, even in the midst of our brokenness, God, when we couldn't do it on our own, God, that you were faithful in your love, and your compassion and your mercy for us, God. Help us to live out that same faithfulness for the world to see. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.